When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. Got a lot going on. Uh, we got MMA action today. Uh, counter-programming to the NFL Divisional Playoff Round. Interesting matchups to talk about, and it's the last real NFL slate of the year. You got four games this weekend. You know, two uh, today, two tomorrow, so let's get right down to it. So, uh, starting off, uh, we're going to have the Packers hosting the Rams. You know, talking about the games last week, I told you I did not like the Seahawks at all, how they were heading into the postseason. So, their loss to the Rams was not a shocker to me. Uh, people seem to be surprised by Seattle losing. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, a barometer of how good the Rams are, but how poorly Seattle faded. Uh, so, this one, spread-wise, Packers are seven-point favorites, uh, but heavy favorites on the money line. So, uh, you know, they're minus 355 as a favorite. Uh, and I I kind of have to agree with the uh, with most of the experts just taking the Packers on money line. R- realistically, that Rams win last week was more reflection on Seattle. Uh, could the Rams somehow pull off an upset? Yeah, but... The things that the Rams do well, which is play off a of play action, you know, realistically, that would work if we kind of had a better sense of Cooper Cup being healthy. Uh, by all indications, Cooper Cup has been struggling the entire week. They're saying it's a game time decision. We still don't know if Cooper Cup's playing, but, you know, it's trending towards doubtful. And I just don't, I don't necessarily like the Rams at all. I mean, it's going to take a monumental effort from the Rams defense to just hold the Packers to 20 and try to win a game 23 to 20. I mean, that's really what it's going to take. I can't see the Rams offense breaking 24 points. So, you know, by hook or by crook, uh, hook or by crook, uh, you know, the Rams have to figure out a way of manufacturing some points. And I'm not sure if they're necessarily capable of doing it. So, very tough matchup uh, for the Rams. And from a DFS perspective, the only guy I'm interested in playing on the Rams, uh, to be honest, is Cam Akers. And even then, it's not a great matchup because, you know, if the Packers get up on the Rams, you know, how much is Cam Akers going to get uh, the touches that he needs to get there? Uh, you know, 5700 on DraftKings, 7000 on uh, FanDuel. Uh, definitely don't like the price on FanDuel. Uh, it's more of a DK play uh, because uh, Akers can't catch passes out of the backfield. You know, the Rams really aren't using Malcolm Brown at all. Uh, 
these days. Uh, they they kept uh, Acres fresh, and maybe that was the game plan throughout the regular season. Why we saw so much of Malcolm Brown featured, but you know it's a real tough sell. Uh, you know, yeah, you could play Robert Woods, but realistically, Robert Woods uh, works best as a complementary uh, receiver, not necessarily the number one. I, if I was going to play a wide receiver on the Rams, it'd probably be uh, Van Jefferson over Josh Reynolds. Jefferson was getting more reps, but you know, you're going to see uh, Jefferson and uh, uh, and Reynolds in the mix uh, between the two. Uh, and they're both cheap. Uh, I think it was like 3,200 and, and three, uh, 3,100 between the two of them. You know, I'm not going there, but I can see the play. Uh, you know, if we flip things over to the Packers side, uh, you know, oh, actually, I should have talked about the Rams defense. The Rams defense is 2,600. The next uh, cheapest defense is uh, the Browns at 2,300 for the weekend. You know, the Rams defense technically could be in play because you could get uh, maybe a pick from Jalen Ramsey or someone else in that Rams secondary. It's one of the best secondaries in uh, in the league, if not the best, and they were the best scoring defense in the league. So that's why I say, realistically, you know, it's hard to like the Rams at all unless their defense generates points for them because I can't see the Rams offense cracking 20 points uh this weekend it, it's got to be something generated by the rams defense and the way the packers offense operates is if you try to force them into things they're going to pick you apart in another way so uh you know i don't necessarily see this as a Devonte adams game for the packers i see this more trending uh kind of towards aaron jones the problem is aaron jones is really pricey uh uh, you know, he's 6,800 on DraftKings and 7,800 on FanDuel. And normally you would say that's cheap. Here's the problem. DraftKings did a really good job pricing up receivers and quarterbacks this week so that even at 6,800, it's really kind of hard to make Aaron Jones lineups work efficiently uh, if you're going that route. So, you know, what do I think you could see instead from a DFS perspective, uh, Aaron Rodgers is at 6,900. Uh, like I said, Devonte Adams is the most expensive player on the weekend at 8,600. And again, because everyone's been priced up, it's really hard to make lineups work by playing Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams together. I'm actually more, uh, kind of leaning towards if you want to play the Packers side of this, I'm always, I'm actually leaning more towards playing Aaron Rodgers with you could play Aaron Jones if you want. I, I'm not going there, but technically you could if the if the Packers get up, they're going to run the ball. But Jamal Adams would also factor into play uh, at 4,400 uh, as uh, the other running back on the Packers. But I would be more interested in doing a stack of Aaron Rodgers uh, with a Robert Tunyon at 4,200 at tight end. You know, there are a lot of tight ends priced in a very similar range. Tanyan's going to get lost in the mix because he's not cheap. And, you know, realistically, everyone's looking at uh, Devontae Adams as the uh, favorite target of Rodgers. But Rodgers throws to Tanyan a bunch, especially in the red zone. Uh, That uh, has some good value there. And, you know, if you want to look at punt plays, you could look at Alan Lazard. But realistically, the guy who would stretch the Rams defense, 
uh deep would be uh, uh Montez Valdez Gantling at 3800 for the Packers. The problem is by going with a deep shot play, it actually if the uh, Packers do go that route, it actually puts the Rams defense more in the mix because I actually think the Rams defense wins that matchup against MBS and Lazard more often than they beat uh, the Rams defense deep. So you could see some turnovers there. So that's why it's not a primo matchup for Aaron Rodgers. But if you're trying to get a little bit different with your uh, builds uh, on DraftKings, I I certainly get the play. All right, moving on to the Saturday night matchup, which might be the most uh, thrilling matchup of the entire weekend. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, you got the Bills hosting the Ravens. The Bills only a two and a half point favorite. They're not getting the full three points. And this is an interesting matchup because the public is on the Ravens uh, to beat the Bills. And I gotta say, the you know, the weakness of the Bills is uh, you can run on the Bills. You can definitely run on the Bills. And that is what the Ravens are going to try to do. I'm just not entirely sure that after playing a very physical game against Tennessee, the Ravens are necessarily going to be up to the task of dictating the line of scrimmage to the Bills' uh, D-line. Uh, this could be this one of those trap games where uh, folks get suckered into seeing what they saw last week. Because, again, I was kind of surprised by the Ravens beating Tennessee. Uh, But, you know, the Ravens did a great job of just kind of stepping up to the challenge and powering their way through and finding a way to win that game against uh, Tennessee. Because uh, Tennessee did put them in some uh, awkward positions, but every time the Ravens answered back with a score, and a lot of it was tied to Lamar Jackson just making plays, on the ground, or keeping plays alive. So, again, I can see Lamar uh, Jackson finding a way to get a win here. It's just that I think it's going to take another Herculean effort from Jackson in order to get there. I don't necessarily see uh, Hollywood Brown uh, at 5,200 on DraftKings and 6,500 on FanDuel being that great of a play. Uh, You know, Tredavious White is still there. uh, for uh, uh, the Bills uh, secondary and the Bills, you know, aren't giving up that much in the passing game. So they're going to, you know, could the Bills try to concentrate on just shutting down the run completely and uh, daring Lamar to throw? Yeah, I could see that happening. And I know that's what the argument people are going to make is that, you know, it, you could get a shot over the top for Hollywood Brown and maybe that uh, softens things up. I think if the Bills force uh, the Ravens to get into a passing type matchup to hit them, uh, hit them with big plays deep, advantage goes to Bills, and I think the Bills kind of run away with this one. I think the Bills' offense is going to score points against the Ravens' defense. I, I don't see really where the Ravens' defense is going to slow down Josh Allen uh, in that passing attack. You can throw on the Ravens' secondary and A.J. Brown had a big day for Tennessee against the Ravens secondary. The problem with the Ravens, uh, uh, the problem that the Titans ran into last week was they they gave up a bunch of points early. They couldn't get Derrick Henry going, and realistically, the Titans uh, at the line of scrimmage were getting beat, surprisingly, uh, by 
uh, uh, the defensive effort of uh, the Ravens. So the Ravens' D-line did do uh, the job uh, from a running game perspective. Thing is, with the Bills, the Bills don't really care about if they can't run the football. They're going to throw the ball anyway. Uh, And I didn't necessarily see that much of a pass rush disrupting Ryan Tannehill. It was just more of a a consequence that, uh, you know, Tennessee just could not get into the rhythm that they wanted to on offense. And that's just was the uh, end all be all for, for the game. So if I'm looking at this for pieces for the Ravens, I can play Lamar Jackson with JK Dobbins and you know, uh, Lamar is going to run you 7,600 Dobbins is going to uh, cost 6,000. You know, Dobbins doesn't necessarily have the touchdown upside because of Lamar, but that will give you a healthy floor of the Ravens rushing game. And between the two of them, I can see the Ravens running for 150 plus yards today. I I can definitely see it. I just don't know if that's enough to get it done because I think the Ravens are going to need close to 350, uh, 350 and above in terms of total yardage to win this game against the Bills. I I definitely see the Bills passing attack being able to put up 30 points. And, you know, unless the Ravens can just uh, grind down the clock with long drives, I'm just not entirely sold on... Uh, I'm just not entirely sold on uh, uh, the Ravens being able to control clock enough to get it, uh, the job done. Now, on the Bills' side, the Bills are very fortunate to be here because if it wasn't for just the usual meltdowns of Phillip Rivers, in- Indy actually had a very good chance of sending that game into overtime. And the way Indy's defense started figuring things out in the second half, because they were, uh, they had uh, some, uh, they had given some difficulty uh, to uh, to the Bills early on, and then the Bills started figuring things out uh, in the second quarter and the third quarter, and then by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, Indy tightened things up again. You know, the problem is when you're looking at it from a DFS perspective. Who are you going to uh, uh, pair up uh, with Josh Allen? And your your immediate thought is to go to Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is at 7,300 uh, this week. And I'm perfectly good with uh, just paying that and locking in uh, uh, those two plays. Now, the flip side is, if we go that route with uh, playing Diggs and Allen, usually you would try to stack with another uh, pass catcher and the only reliable option, because we saw John Brown get a goose egg last week, which killed me in a bunch of lineups, uh, amongst other reasons. Uh, but I can't see Brown getting another goose egg. But who's it going to come at the expense of? Is it going to be Cole Beasley? Is it going to be Gabe Davis? Uh, Dawson Knox got some red zone targets. You know, there are various aspects uh, to this game where. I'm not entirely sure how the Bills offense is going to go, but I think that you're still going to see uh, you're still going to see uh, 30 plus uh, att- passing attempts from Josh Allen. So the ball is going to be whipping around. It's just a matter of how much uh, of a mix are we going to see uh, between the Bills receivers? 
because I think Diggs is still going to get his. Uh, you know, if AJ Brown can get there last week, Diggs is definitely going to get there. Uh, barring uh, that oblique stream flaring up, I I really have a hard time seeing how Diggs doesn't put up uh, close to, I'd say, 18 to 20 points uh, this week. I, I think that's a comfortable floor uh, for Diggs. Could I see Diggs getting to 30? Yeah, I could, because if he gets over the top and just breaks one deep, the Ravens are not going to catch him. Uh, Diggs, um, uh, Diggs almost did that a couple of times. Uh, I mean, uh, AJ Brown almost did that a couple of times. I, I definitely could see if they give Diggs that look, Diggs is taking it to the house. So I really do like Diggs uh, 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 this week uh, from a DFS perspective. Uh, that That's just the, the way I'm kind of leaning towards uh, it all. Uh, but the other pieces, uh, you know, I could play Diggs without Allen. I could play Diggs just by himself. Uh, th- why would I not play Allen this week? Realistically, it just kind of comes down to uh, how the builds work out. It, I would rather have builds where I know I can get to enough pieces. And I'm going to talk about it uh, in the next matchup, uh, which starts off Sunday, why that matters in terms of how the flow is going to go. So uh, speaking of flow, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Browns-Chiefs game, which is going to be the most popular game of the weekend, I believe, from DFS perspective, and for good reason. It features the Chiefs, but the Browns are underpriced from an offensive standpoint. You do have a number of plays on the Browns that are valuable enough that even if KC moves in the direction uh, where the line is, it, you know, Casey's nine and a half point favorites. Uh, they're minus 500 on the money line. Uh, you know, the Browns are plus 375 as the dog. You know, everyone's betting on the Chiefs. I don't necessarily think that's wrong. But if we're looking at it from a DFS perspective, Chiefs are up. That means Baker Mayfield's going to have to throw. So, if we're looking at the passing options for Mayfield, you can get Jarvis Landry at 5600. You can get uh you can get uh Austin Hooper at 3800. Those are Baker's two primary targets uh, uh, towards the last month of the year where he's just been peppering them with targets uh where they've been seeing at least eight targets a game. With that as uh set up, you have a solid floor, and then you can fit in Kelsey and Tyreek Hill together. And so that's why, in terms of building out your roster, Baker Mayfield at 5,300 does make a ton of sense. If you're looking at it from this perspective of how do I maximize the value I'm going to get? It's not about who's going to win their matchup. So much as you maximizing all the playmakers on each side of uh, the games this weekend, and I can, and I can't see one matchup being that much of a heavyweight favorite over the others. Uh, so much as you could get a little bit more of a balance uh, between the scores of the games. And some uh, playmakers that stand out. So 
in terms of uh, the way I'm looking at the slate, you can get a, a case where Chiefs win the game, but you see a high, high score from guys like Landry and Hooper and maybe uh, Rashard Higgins, uh, but I, I, uh, Higgins is at 4,100. Uh, 4, but I can definitely see, uh, you know, builds where the winner basically has the Chiefs-Browns game, but they're playing more Browns players than Chiefs players because the Browns were behind and not paying up uh, the eight grand for uh, Patrick Mahomes on DraftKings and the 9,200 on FanDuel. I think you can actually get away with playing Baker Mayfield because the Browns are going to have to throw the football uh uh, to keep up with this one. I I don't necessarily see this being uh, turning into a Nick Chubb express game where the Browns just grind the Chiefs and somehow luck into a victory. I don't necessarily see that. I see this more as the Browns are going to have to try to throw to keep it close and if they can keep it close then they go to Chubb late in uh, late in the game. I don't think this is necessarily a Nick Chubb gets fed early and often type of game. I just don't see it happening where the Browns defense is going to hold up well enough early on against the Chiefs in order to do that. I think the Chiefs get up on them early and then uh, the Browns are going to have to decide whether or not they're going to make a comeback in this game. And that's when you start getting more value out of uh, the passing attempts. And again, same rationale why I would probably play Kareem Hunt over Chubb this week because at 4,800, Kareem Hunt's going to see the majority of the pass catching duties for the Browns as opposed to Chubb at 6,600. And again, with the Browns uh, most likely playing from behind, uh, it's going to turn this more into a passing attack than anything else. So that's where I see more value coming into play is the fact that, you know, you could get uh, the Browns players at a decent discount and still be able to fit into uh, the Chiefs players. And that brings us into our last matchup, uh, Saints hosting the Buccaneers. Saints three-point favorites uh, at home in the Superdome. Uh, The experts are actually favoring Tampa to win this one. And I kind of get why it's Brady. You know, he's been looking uh, pretty good over the last... uh, Eight uh, eight games of the year, and the Saints. You have you have to have a lot of questions about Drew Brees if he can actually get it done. Uh, Taysom Hill's out, uh, so there's no changeup play that Sean Payton's going to go to. Hill's out. Uh, and Hill is going to be out for this uh, matchup uh, unless there's a another update. But uh, it was pretty much uh, uh, it was it was it was pretty much. Uh, a done deal where, you know, you can't necessarily, uh, you can't necessarily uh, say that uh, Taysom Hill's going to be able to do uh, his usual, uh, his usual uh, stick sh- of uh, scrambling in for uh, touchdowns and vulturing it. Uh, so it's going to kind of come down to Drew Brees uh, being able to make uh, passing attempts. Uh, now, uh, they are saying, uh, they're, uh, now I'm seeing some word that uh, Hill may actually somehow be uh, active for the game, but more as a decoy. You know, regardless, we're going to go under the assumption Taysom Hill's out for this game. And it's going to be up to Drew Brees to throw the ball because the way to beat Tampa 
Tampa's defense is throwing the football. Uh, you're not really going to run against uh, Tampa Bay's defense. They're going to funnel it, and you know Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are going to have to be featured from a pass catching standpoint. Uh, Kamara's seventy nine hundred, uh, but Michael Thomas is at sixty seven hundred on DraftKings. I- I'm sorry, with Michael Thomas still being this cheap, I know he didn't have the monster game last week, but you got to go back to the well here. I I, I just don't see how you. Uh, skimp on a game where you know Tampa needs uh needs to score and is going to give up uh give up uh, the passing attack because they know uh they're not good at shutting down the pass they're just going to concentrate on shutting down Kamara why you wouldn't go back to uh to Michael Thomas at 6700 it just makes far too much sense to play Michael Thomas at 6,700 on DraftKings and figure out other ways of making it work. Antonio Brown's at 5,400 on DraftKings, 6,400 on FanDuel. You know, excellent play. Godwin, 6,100 on DraftKings, 7,500 on FanDuel. Uh, you could play Mike Evans. Uh, he's 6,400 on DraftKings, 7,100 on FanDuel. The issue with playing Mike Evans is that there is a... Uh, I I would say not so friendly rivalry uh, uh, between uh, Evans between Evans and uh, Saints DB cornerback uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, here's here's the bottom line: they don't like each other. They get on each other's nerves. They are more likely to draw personal foul penalties against each other than put up big numbers. So I don't necessarily see Evans having a big day with Lattimore on him, which was pretty much 100% guaranteed. This seems to be a spot for Antonio Brown or Godwin. Now, like I said, the predominant play would be concentrating on the Chiefs-Browns game. But if you want to game stack the Saints with Michael Thomas and play Godwin and Brown uh, off of uh, uh, Thomas or a play a four man with uh if you throw in Kamara, Godwin, AB and uh, Michael Thomas. That is certainly a route you can go. There are ways to make it profitable enough uh uh to get there from a salary perspective. I don't necessarily see myself going there, but you know, uh building out multiple lineups if you're building out like a 20 max uh, lineup or even the 150 max, then yeah, if you're building out 150 lineups, you definitely should be game stacking every single one of these games on the weekend, just because it just makes far too much sense and uh, crazy things can happen. But, uh, you know, it just makes more sense in this one that uh, Michael Thomas is too cheap, uh, you know, at least have him as a piece. And then, uh, you know, the rest of his game, yeah, you could just uh, punt in favor of the Chiefs Browns uh, if you want to do a game stack, but I do think that there is value uh, to playing Breeze or Brady stacks because of the pass catching options. Uh, there's just going to be more opportunities to get it done throwing the football in this game than probably any other game this weekend. So uh, just a food for thought for uh, these matchups because it's going to be interesting to see how the builds play out. I can definitely see a lot of concentration just going towards the Chiefs-Browns game, 
And, you know, it could just be one of those weeks where you see a split because of the uh, Chiefs-Browns game goes off. You know, that's pretty much game over. There's just so much talent in that game. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's the way I kind of lean towards uh, uh, the weekend in terms of uh, the matchups. Uh, but uh should be an interesting slate nonetheless. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, you know, from the games last week, you know, it didn't really tell you a whole lot about the teams because I thought the Steelers were done. I I thought Seattle was done. You know, the Bucks did what they had to do against Washington. Uh, that was a, a very game uh, effort. Uh, but uh, you didn't really learn a ton about these teams. Uh, you know, I you know, the Bills still have some question marks as to how well they can close out teams. The Saints, uh, you know, can Breeze get it done? I mean, Trubisky was a wet fish uh, uh, last week. I mean, he had nothing uh, to uh, trouble the Saints with. So, you know, it's just uh, very difficult to kind of see much of anything uh, being done here that's going to change the the overall uh, dynamic of where we view some of these teams. So I kind of look at this as a case of, you know, Packers should win. I see the Bills winning uh, over the Ravens. I, I think the Ravens might be a little bit banged up uh, after last week. Chiefs uh, likely take care of business against the Browns, but I do think the Browns cover that nine and a half uh, spread. That's uh, just a bit too generous there. And, you know, the Bucks should be able to get the win against the Saints. I've had my question marks about Drew Brees the entire year. Uh nothing's been done to assuage my fears over that. And I, I just think Brady finds a way to get it done and, and kind of uh, pick apart the saints uh, defense uh, as we get to the second half and then kind of move forward. This is uh, where Tampa was kind of built for is just having so many different weapons to attack teams with. So uh, that's where I kind of stand with these games. So uh, I'll leave it out there Get uh, and uh, we'll go, uh, take it from there. But uh Good luck with your contest, everyone, and until next time, be well. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.